Now, if you're playing the movie on a telephone, you will never in a trillion years experience the film. You'll think you have experienced it, but you'll be <clears throat> cheated. It's a, such a sadness that you think you've seen a film on your fucking telephone. Get real. Hello and welcome to The Mirror. I'm Justin Reed and I hope you're keeping well out there in the world. Um, I've been kind of recovering from some kind of like virus or uh, that's an, I know that's such an ominous thing to hear in this day and age, but it's uh, not coronavirus as I've found out through a test and um, yeah, it's kind of rocked me for a while and I've been kind of incapable of doing much but I guess the time off has given me uh, a good chance to kind of like think back on things in, you know, recent times in my own life and sort of like the projects that I'm working on and reflect on them and um, also give me a little bit of a, a nice little break to, you know, just re, um, reorient my thoughts and and look at like, okay, what's the direction going forward and, and where am I at with things? And that reflective time has been really great because I've realized in, in a few ways that I've been um, on a better path than I have been in a long time. And I owe most of this to a decision I made um, about a month ago, uh, which was like, it's going to sound like silly I think or sound like really obvious, but I decided that I would take, I would take some time off from work, like the client work that I'm still working on. And, uh, it was amazing because I, you know, did the, did the whole, uh, automatic email respond. I'm away. And I basically said, I'm away for a month and like nothing really, nothing really like happened over that time. Like there wasn't like an inundation of, uh, like, you know, new clients or people like chasing things up, like people, it's, you know, people were pretty just like, cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it, which is great. But it was more just like the mental shift that I experienced by <laughs> finally actively giving myself some, some space and some time off. And I realized that like the process of the client work that I had, which I've spoken about before, but like the, the process that I undergo with it and like the way that it kind of affects my <laughs> mental state meant that like the days that would go by as I would like, I, I would basically I would like wake up and I would feel like, okay, what do I have to do today? And I wouldn't be looking forward to it because as I've spoken about at length, you know, I'm basically bastardizing the art that I'm interested in for the sake of like um, other people for these like throwaway things like advertisements, you know, that have a limited shelf life and they don't have anything to say just by the intrinsic nature of what they are. And, um, just removing that like reality of like from the back of my head that like, okay, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. Um, just the freedom I felt was unparalleled to anything that I can sort of remember at least maybe since God being 
in like school or in university where you have these like set obligations and then outside of that, you know, your creativity is your own. And I think, and it's just like a, a strange byproduct, like almost a, um, a paradox of having a creative job that's not exactly what you want it to be. Or it's kind of like, you know, it's, 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 it's imagine like you get into like the, the stadium of, of the, like, if you can imagine your arts career as like a stadium and you get like invited inside and you know, you're, you're like so close to the thing that you want to do. And if the career is like, you want to be playing sports, you're so close to it as like a commercial filmmaker, except you're standing on the other side of the glass, just sort of like watching. (laughs) I I know that's a terrible analogy, but that's, that's kind of what it feels like is like, you're so close to it, but at the same time, it just feels like you're so far away from what you actually want to be doing. And like, because of that feeling, because it was so pervasive throughout the last, like God, honestly, five years, um, that's where my artistic practice is really stalled. And my approach to creativity, I think has been very, um, it's just, it's just stagnated, you know, and, and I've, I've recognized that and this project is, is really just a sounding board for like working through that, which is like really helpful. Um, but yeah, drawing that line in the sand and saying like, okay, I'm taking this time off. Like usually I would feel like I can't take time off until I finish the projects, but that's such a trap because you will never, finish them because there will always be more projects unless you do what I'm doing, which is, you know, step away from it as a career and start to do something else. And in that time, like in that month off, I just didn't give myself any agenda. There wasn't any like, there wasn't anything I was telling myself I needed to do. It wasn't like, okay, you have your free time now. You have to be creative in this way. It, it, it was like, you know, you, you have to record it. It wasn't like you have to record a podcast or you, you have to work on your website or you have to work on a sh- short film or you have to go and film this. It was just like, I'm going to just take this time and then, you know, come what may. And that approach just really worked for me because I was incredibly productive in that time. Like in terms of, and, and not that I think that's a metric that is that important to me, but I was just blown away by the fact that I recorded so many things that I made a lot of progress in my personal projects and like things are coming together in a way that it's like, okay, I've done more in like a month than I have done in like three years. And like that, that could be depressing, but to me it's very liberating just to be at that point where I'm like, okay, my, my relationship with my creativity is, uh, it's, it's just getting better. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 it made me feel really good and to just sort of, it's like little things, but to just sort of like see how my, my approach and my attitude kind of changed. Like I try and journal as much as I feel like I need to or want to, but in, in this like time frame, it was almost like I couldn't stop myself from journaling. I would just sit down and be like, I should get some of these thoughts out. And I would just write for like half an hour to an hour, you know, seven, eight, 10 pages in a journal, which is like looking back at when I started my journal, which is, you know, in, in some cases, in some of my journals, like more than, um, more than a year ago. And some of my entries are like three sentences long, which is fine. I'm not casting any judgment on myself, but just like the ability to, um, clarify to myself and express myself 
within the pages of this journal has like just grown immensely. And that's because I gave myself the space to do it. And I think that that's even more driven home the fact that like I need a, I need a job or an income where like basically you can like switch off, you know, like you can do the job and come home from it. Whereas a lot of sort of media jobs and, and the kind of job that I have, especially running your own business, even though you are sort of like switching things off, there's still people who will email you. There are still things that are happening in the background and you can try and switch off, but it's still there. Whereas if you're doing something that's more like, you know, physical labor or working with your hands or being outside in the world, when you come home, it's over. And I'm not saying that it's, it's not going to be hard work or it's not going to be, um, you know, something that kind of drains my energy in another way. But at least that entire time that I'm like working on something, I'll be thinking about, and I know this now, like I'll be thinking about and sort of dreaming about like creativity because that's what I'm doing it for, as opposed to doing a creative job where you're like, oh, cool, I'm using creativity, but um, <laughs> it's not, it's not like where I want it to be. And I've talked about that ad, ad nauseum, so I won't spend too much more time on it, but I just wanted to give that like context of, yeah, what I've been going through. And like, hopefully that's something that you, the listener can, can glean something from. Um, and, um, a, a very important thing too, is that I had, I had this feeling where I, I now know, and I sort of can't escape the fact that when I'm like sitting down, just listening to like podcasts and, and 95% of them are for entertainment value, whether I tell myself, okay, this is politics. So it's like important or it's art. So it's important, but it's like an entertainment factor. That's what podcasts are. That's what YouTube videos like almost entirely are. And I, I now am aware of that fact. And I realize that that entertainment is, you know, it's something we can all appreciate and enjoy. But I think when you just have like the experience of entertainment all the time, you start to feel, you start to feel within yourself, like that pleasure that you're seeking becomes like diminished because it is so, um, it's so like short term, like it doesn't, it doesn't like stay with you very long. And, and Sigmund Freud talked about this, like the idea of us as humans being pleasure seeking beings in a, in a, in a world that doesn't really accommodate such things because, um, you know, we, we tend to return back to a state of like normalcy. And so that's why we often seek more and more pleasure. And, and that's why the idea of like social media and watching lots of content and lots of podcasts really appeals because it's very low effort for you to get that kind of pleasure where you're going, okay, this is entertaining. I'm feeling something from this, whether it's humor, whether it's learning, whatever. Um, but it, it, it's not a replacement for what he calls sublimation, like the idea of like the sublime, which is gleaned from higher art forms. And that is often a less intense feeling. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, if, if podcasts and YouTube videos are like shooting up heroin, then um, sublimation is more like working out for six months and then feeling better in your body, if that makes sense. So it's like a less intense thing, but it tends to last a longer amount of time and have a deeper impact on you. And that's what more like de uh, intentional art, I guess, gives you. And knowing all of this information and 
still sometimes spending my days just listening to podcasts for hours on end and, you know, watching YouTube videos, which are, if I'm being completely honest, the replacement for social media in my life. Because as I, as I realized recently when I logged into my Instagram to like change my passwords, because I was, I got some message that made me felt like my, my password had been compromised. I was like, cool, I'll go and change all my passwords. And I logged into Instagram and there wasn't like that pleasure feeling that used to be there, but there was still like a dull feeling of like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just like the, the addiction was still there, you know, even though it's been six months since I pretty much gave it up and I still felt some like sense of addiction <laughs> to it. And, you know, I didn't, I logged back out and I haven't been on it again since. It was just like a, a five minute thing. But it was a useful thing to do that because I realized like, okay, I've made a lot of progress, but there's still like that, that sense of like an addiction within me to the, to the pleasure seeking that I'm, I still need to sort of work on. And I think it's coming from like the replacement, like the YouTube videos and the podcast, which I love. But if I really think about it, like in a, in an ideal sort of scenario, and I think in a better world, we wouldn't even have these things because we would be pursuing like deeper art we would be pursuing you know something that's more meaningful and like uh, I struggle with this because I don't want to say that we shouldn't have entertainment because the world we live in is just full of you know grinding and suffering and like if if you were to watch the news all the time which I don't anymore like you can just see that it's just misery all the time so to have some kind of escape from that is like it's like a double-edged sword. Like it's like necessary because without it, we'd be completely miserable. But with it, we basically become, uh, you know, it's like, it's like what they say, the television is the opiate for the masses and the internet is that on freaking steroids because it, it, it has just made us all very like, I don't want to say just complacent, but like seeking of that pleasure because it's, it's an easy thing. And when life is kind of miserable and you maybe don't feel like you have like uh, an outlet, just like taking the easy thing, um, you'll take it because like biologically we're wired that way to just look for what is the most convenient way to, to get food, to um, get water, to survive, to seek pleasure, you know? we don't, we don't go, okay, cool. Uh, it's, it's the same thing with like, you know, um, being with a, like in a biological sense, like finding a mate, like you're not going to go, okay, cool. I'm going to go to Russia, which is on the other side of the planet to me. I mean, you may, but I feel like less people are going to go look in Russia for someone who's a good mate. They're just going to look at who's around them. Like that's just the the conveniency, uh, like the convenience sort of mindset of the human condition. And it's, it's a survival instinct, but what does it mean when we're using social media to like escape the doldrums of our, and, and you know, YouTube and, and podcasts as well to, to escape the, the doldrums of our everyday experience. It's like, so our options are misery or cheap fucking pleasure to escape the misery. <laughs> and, you know, like, so I can, I can feel within myself that I definitely embody a bit more of the misery now. Like I have to feel it because I'm trying to escape from this, like what they call the hedonic treadmill where you're always seeking the next pleasure, pleasure. Um, 
Uh, and it's really challenging and it's especially challenging. Like for instance, when I logged back into Instagram and I see people who are just like posting things and like their work looks really amazing and it's like very like aesthetic and I feel that sort of sense of like comparison and jealousy that I'd felt before, but it's not as strong as it was before because I am more detached from it. But I, I think the sense of jealousy that I felt was like, well, I'm trying to sort of like do something independently and I'm kind of in the background, like moving things forward very slowly and I'm not doing them for a sense of like outward, um, how would you say? Like, it's not purely for like, the seeking of pleasure and attention, which I don't mean to say in a judgmental way. Like I don't mean to say like everyone is like an attention whore on Instagram, but it is kind of true because that's what Instagram is. Like that's how the platform thrives and survives. That's what it is. So by nature of taking part in it, you kind of are that, but I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I just mean like, because you're a part of that system, it's baked into the system that you are seeking those things. You are seeking those dopamine uh, hits. You are seeking the attention that comes with it. And I, I felt like a jealousy because I was like, well, why am I doing this thing independently? You know, like, why am I spending all this time thinking and, and writing and like working on things in the background to build some kind of like independent thing when I could just jump back on here and it's so easy. But because I've had that time and that separation from it, I can very easily remember the reason why I'm doing it is because it made me fucking miserable that way. And it made me like, as I've expressed in the social media mindset episode, it, it made my, my creativity, my expression, my art incredibly limited because when you look and, and spend all your time on these platforms, you develop a worldview that like, this is not only the ideal mode of expression within these boundaries, but that it's the only mode of expression if you're only familiar with people making content for Instagram and YouTube and Pinterest and whatever, which is like the purveying worldview that people have, whether they know it or not, your work is always going to be kind of like diminished. It's always going to be within that sphere, you know, like a, a great example just off the top of my head is like a friend of mine, a photographer, she takes these amazing portraits of um, you know, pregnant women and, and women who have children and, and just women in general showing off their bodies. Like uh, it's like a deep, like feminine awakening, like things like that. And they are so amazing and so powerful, but because they feature naked bodies of women, which is like, you know, this should be in, in 2021, like this should be fucking obvious that, you know, this is not something to be like hidden or ashamed or like judged, but she can't post those to Instagram. So she, she can't, she can't express herself like by the nature of these platforms. And that is the downside of it. But you know, and, and I'm not saying that's exactly why I want to do things my own way, but it's a part of it is like, there's a, there's a freedom of expression, you know, part of the conversation. There's a censorship part of the conversation, but there's also what I think is more importantly is just like the worldview you develop, like you become stunted in what you think is possible because you think like, well, this is what other people are doing and that's what seems to work within the bounds of this platform. So I'll pursue that. And I, and I do think it is sad and tragic. I've talked about it before, but because like, like I, I've talked about it before and I, and I see 
like people I know and friends of mine, well, I don't see it anymore because I'm not on the platforms, but I would, I would see them going down that rabbit hole and I, and I was going down that rabbit hole and, you know, cutting, cutting these things out of my life and then coming back to it months later and kind of getting that perspective was like really helpful because, you know, I, like I said, I still felt that sense of like addiction. I still felt that sense of like wanting to be a part of the crowd because that's another human biological trait is like safety and numbers. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not for me and it's not, I think the, the way forward. And I think more and more people are going to start to realize this. And I would like to think that, especially as it's probably one of the um, defining ideologies of this project is that more and more people start to realize that and start to, you know, take some strides outside of that, outside of that system and to do things their own way. Because I think while it is a longer process, while it can be more challenging, it, it is definitely less rewarding in the sense that people are not liking and viewing and sharing your work instantly. You're not getting literally that, that pleasure, but you will find that sense of sublimation that um, Sigmund Freud talked about. And there's a, there's a really great series of articles I read on this called Dosing Culture. And I think, I don't know if it'll be the next episode or a few episodes time, but I'm going to do like something different where I, I read those articles and then kind of unpack them from my worldview, which I think would be really interesting to do because they're incredible articles. I can't remember the author, unfortunately, but they were, they're on the uh, website Damage Mag, um, an online magazine. And yeah, I, 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 I am looking forward to exploring that more and also to continuing to sort of wean myself off these, uh, off these like pleasure crutches, I guess you could call them. And for me, like my biggest crutch is absolutely and has been for like four years now podcasts. And it's a, it's another interesting paradox for me because they have been the thing that has allowed me to, I guess, form an understanding of so many things in the world, whether it's political, whether it's artistic, um, economic, whatever you want to call it, like they, they have been like the access point for me to some like really challenging concepts to, you know, historical things for understanding and forming like a worldview that is like my own based on like, you know, hearing from interesting and curious people who are putting out these types of things out into the world. And it's, it's challenging because I realize now that they are entertainment and it's something that Matt Crispin from Chapo Trap House has said because, you know, he runs a, he, he is part of a political, like comedic political podcast, Chapo Trap House. And he has realized that, I mean, he's probably always known, but he's, he's saying it more explicitly is that you're not doing politics by listening to a podcast. And it took me um, some sort of major transformations and like understandings over the last six to 12 months that he's absolutely right. And once you realize that you kind of feel, well, you feel like a bit silly and you feel a bit lost because you're like, okay, well, if I'm not doing politics by listening to a podcast about politics, like if I'm not taking some kind of like meaningful action, if I'm not allying with people in my world, uh, in my, in my, you know, my local environment to like make things better than what am I doing? And, and all you're doing is consuming entertainment. 
And like I said, I felt silly and I think I felt like quite depressed about it, but it was also like this beautiful awakening of like, okay, I'm kind of free from this sense that I had that I had to, you know, always be online, always be consuming more things about politics, which all it does is kind of drive you insane and make you very upset (laughs) because it's, like I said, it's, it's upsetting to read what is happening in the world. But it made me realize that like, politics is going to come down to, and and this is not an episode about politics, but like politics is going to come down to like actions that you take in your life with other people around you. Like as simple as that, without prescribing a certain ideology or a certain like way forward, like that is what it comes down to. And it's not going to take you listening to a podcast to, you know, you're not changing the world by tweeting something. I'm sorry. It's just how it fucking is. Um, and it's not making you a better human by like reading the fucking news all the time and driving yourself insane and getting upset about things you have no control over. And that's the reality. Like that's one of the reasons we do it. We arm ourselves with knowledge because we want to feel like we have some kind of control over our lives. And the reality is you can't control those things, but there are things in your life you can control. And I would argue through my own experience over the last nine months or so since having some of these awakenings that I have become a, and, and, and it's a, it's the, it's an early phase, but I am becoming a better version of me who would be capable of doing something political in the world that is meaningful to make the world more like I would want it to be. And how that kind of relates to this project is that for me, I realized that I'm an artist, like I am someone who believes in the power of art and believes that it is useful for our society. Now, I I don't think that art just by itself, like I don't think people can watch a single movie or view a certain painting and necessarily like then start a revolution after that. It doesn't really work like that. And art isn't necessarily something that affects your like moral character. Like it can in parts, but I guess what I'm trying to say is if you watch a show that people say is bad, if you if you like an artwork that someone who is quote unquote evil made, it doesn't make you an evil person. It doesn't make you a bad person. And art doesn't work like that. Like, but what what is important is that to me that I I remove myself from these like you know pleasure seeking experiences and put myself in different scenarios where as I've spoken about, like I'm more intentional about what I'm consuming and also that leads into like what I'm creating. So this episode after a lengthy introduction is about intentional arts experiences, which is something I've kind of said, uh, sort of prescribed, I guess, if there is a prescriptive element to this podcast, it is that you should log off the internet and have more intentional arts experiences. But, you know, being honest about the journey that I'm on and like how I'm still coming to terms with that and still sort of trying to find those moments where I feel like capable of experiencing art as opposed to just listening to a podcast, watching a YouTube video. Um, you know, you you have to be, you have to be honest with yourself about where you're at and it's never going to be perfect. Nothing in life is, you're never going to sort of get there because there is no quote unquote there to get to it. It is all the journey, but if you're going to have the journey, it may as well be more meaningful. And I, and I feel like after 2020, like 
I felt like that was like the first year of my, my true journey into art creation and the world of art. Like I'd been like stalled, like it had been stalled for a long time as I kind of went from, okay, I, I'm interested in art in university and then spent the last seven years or six years just like becoming a fucking corporate video producer and like just removing any like artistic content or like quality to what I do and looking at things through this lens of like commercialism, which is just, it's fraught. And I just think like advertising in, in general, like it, <laughs> you know, my thoughts on it. I think it's bullshit, but um, it has its place, I guess. But yeah, I felt like 2020 was like the, f the first year and now I feel like I'm in year two of my venture into the art world. Like I have an arts degree and um, like, but because of sort of like my youthful interests and in like all different kinds of things on the internet, spending a lot of time on <laughs> Tumblr and Reddit, uh, you know, like my, my hyper mediated experience of the last decade and like my anxiety about like wanting to have a quote unquote legitimate career in the arts means that I've like definitely neglected actual art for the last seven to eight years. And I guess what changed is like last year, I knew I was sort of trending towards this, even if I didn't know it yet. And I set myself a, a, some goals where I wanted to get into the actual art forms that I like talk about. Like I, I'm, I'm a filmmaker commercially and I see this trend very widely, but like I didn't watch movies and most of my friends didn't watch movies. If we did, we'd be watching, you know, sort of varying degrees of like, Hollywood cinema and blockbusters and like, you know, that is such a small sliver of what cinema is, especially considering the context of the history of cinema, you know, like it's over a hundred years old. There is so much to, to go and experience and watch that can influence you, but also art outside of, of cinema. So the, the goals I set myself uh, among a lot of them were to watch a hundred movies in 2020 and read 50 books. And well, I had varying success. I watched like 110, 109 movies or something like that. And I read, uh, four books. So I didn't really do very well on that regard, but you know, it, like I said, you, you're never going to be perfect. And it's an, an effort to get back into having like meaningful arts experiences, but also, um, you know, retraining my brain and retraining my focus from just like, okay, I'm not just watching content online. I'm actually engaging with something in a meaningful way. Okay. I barely read a book in like six to seven years. I'm probably not going to be able to read 50 books this year. So the fact I read four books, which is got four more books than I'd read in the, in the six years previous. Um, I think that's fantastic. And, um, that makes me realize that like, okay, cinema is something I can get into and, I, and I've meaningfully gotten into it, but books are going to be more challenging because they are a more challenging form of art. Like literature is more challenging. It takes more time. It takes more of your attention. It takes your imagination. You're not just looking at visual stimulus on the screen. And that's not to say one is better than the other. It's just to say that's just the reality of how they are. So now knowing that, you know, I've kind of, reoriented my goals for, for this year, 2021. Um, and I wanted to sort of more proactively push my boundaries and ex expand my, like my personal language that I have of art. 
So one of the great things about 2020, you know, I said I watched over a hundred films, but one of the things about that was that it was, it was a mix of like some artistic great films, some classics, some like more modern classics. And there was a bunch of shit in there and that's okay too, because like I said, you can't like completely remove entertainment. You can't just watch seven hour art films all the time that are like completely punishing. Like you have to enjoy things like as well, but art is not necessarily about enjoyment. Like, like Freud said, it's about sublimation. It's about a sublime feeling within you that moves you, that changes you over time, that makes you rethink the world around you. And maybe that comes from art that is, you know, upbeat, positive, happy, but maybe it also comes from art that is like quite depressing and quite like, um, just for, for lack of a better word, like without sort of tonally giving it any prescription, just challenging, like more challenging art. And that is the, that is where I kind of landed for this year. It's like, I wanted to have more challenging and intentional arts experiences. So, but, but because I'm, I'm still so prone to this sort of like daily malaise and, and like, honestly, like it can be overwhelming. Like the spectrum of art experiences is so diverse and it's all so interesting to me but I'm definitely someone who fr- can freeze in place and uh, not really know what to watch and what to experience. Because if you've got this ever expanding list as I do of like, God, I would say at this point, there's like a, a thousand films in my list of films to watch because I watched a hundred of them and it doesn't look like any of, it barely looks like any of them are ticked off, um, ticked off the list. But um, I, I realized that like, I still needed to have some kind of structure like the hundred films was great but it was also kind of like to watch a hundred films you're not going to watch a lot of challenging stuff because you're trying to watch two movies a week which can be a lot you know that that's a lot of like attention especially like if you're like I was you're coming off you know not um not having like engaged with like serious and like detailed art in a long time and I realized I needed to solve this problem and, and I did in the last, like in, in the earliest stages of, of the, of the year, um, I decided that I would like create some kind of personal journal for myself with the intention that I would have one intentional art experience every week. So that's 52 weeks. And, but those were the only guidelines I have. So that wasn't watch, 52 movies and read 52 books and, you know, um, go look at 52 art galleries. It was just have 52 experiences. And that, that gives me the structure that I needed to, you know, get to my goal and to be like pushing my boundaries further as I, as I needed with 2020, where I said, you know, a hundred films, 50 books. Um, but it also gave me the flexibility flexibility and autonomy that I needed. Like I had the, I have the goal there and I have the, I have the structure, but I have that flexibility to pick and choose what it is. So whether it's, you know, watching a, a, an artistic film at home or whether it's going to an art gallery or whether it's going to a library and reading a book, like whatever it is. And, and I think this is going to be really like helpful for me because already and, you know, I think we're a few months into the year, like I, I mentioned before, I'm not, I'm not recording these often, um, sort of at the time you hear them, I'm just recording them when they come to me, but I, I'm already sort of on track with this, which is great because it, 
it makes it a lot more manageable and like one a week is like awesome because if you live somewhere where you have different types of art experiences or even if you don't if you're just streaming movies at home it's very possible to fit that into your week and to feel like you got something from it and achieve something from it and i think that something something for me is that sometimes i feel like maybe i'm punishing myself because i've just been experiencing you know quote unquote content and I haven't been like pushing my boundaries, but it's not a punishment because I wouldn't do this unless I didn't see a real need for it, unless my sort of spirit wasn't yearning for it. And I, and I feel it. I feel it when I just sort of like neglect, like, you know, neglect having an experience of something that's more transcendent, that's more um, refined. And that is like, crafted and and cared about enough than like something that's on YouTube. I feel it when I'm just watching like a 40 minute YouTube video and I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing this? Like I'm tangentially interested, but it's not enough. Like it's not doing anything for me spiritually. And that's, that's where I feel, you know, and, and I know others do too. And I know it's long been written and spoken about, but that's where I feel like art comes in. It comes into your spirit and, uh, like I said, it's not a moral thing. It's, it's, it's a spiritual thing. And I, I would say if you're experiencing some kind of similar like spiritual struggle, I would recommend like adopting like a model like this where you can kind of get yourself out of your comfort zone and, and you will know personally like what challenging art is to you. And maybe it is something like a Disney film. Maybe it is like Wally, which I've never watched before, which I'm interested in. Or maybe you know that it's a seven-hour Bellatar film, like Satan Tango. Or, or maybe it's going to see, you know, the latest like sculptural exhibit. Or maybe it's going to uh, like an architectural uh, exhibit or, or something like that. Whatever it is, you should. You should, if something piques your interest or even if it doesn't, you should throw yourself into it. But if you can adopt something like that, whether it's one a week for a year or whether it's, um, you know, 26, 26 experiences in a year. So one a fortnight, I mean, to me, that seems like that's incredibly manageable. If you can't have 26 meaningful arts experiences in a year, um, come talk to me. I'm sure we can figure something out. Like I'm sure I can figure out where to fit it into your life. If you're incredibly busy, then sure, that's fine. But if, like I said, if you're having that spiritual yearning, then you've just got to kind of make it happen. And that's what I realized. And since having that realization and like implementing that, uh, it's been, it's been great. And like I watched a film just last night called Bacurau, which is a Brazilian film. And I would highly recommend it. I don't even want to say what it's about. Just look it up. B-A-C-A-R-A-U. Bacarau. No. Yeah. Well, Google it. You'll find it. 2019 it came out. It is amazing. And and I had felt like stressed and anxious all day because I felt like I'd just been like wasting my time. And I had listened to like five podcast episodes, which is like five hours of just filling my brain with something that like, even I've noticed, I'm not even like really listening to most of them anymore. I'm not even really engaging with it because I'm just like, I know I'm moving past it and I need something that has more content that is not just like filler. And not to say that podcasts are filler, but that by their nature, um, like I said, you're not going to glean as much from it. You are going to get the pleasure 
without the sublimation. And I guess what I'm feeling now is I'm not getting the same kind of pleasure from it because my brain is aware that I'm looking for something deeper. Like my, my spirit is aware of it. And I just completely lost my train of thought, but that's totally okay. Um, I was talking about Baccarat and yeah, when I, that was, that's right. When I was watching it, I, my mind was like clear and I didn't look at my phone for two and a half hours and it was like a breath of fresh air. It was like, yeah, I'm still looking at a screen, but like, I'm like invested in this, you know, I'm interested in this. It's, it's giving me something and it was a beautiful film. It's, it's very violent, but it, uh, it, it crafts such a deep empathy for the main characters, for the, for the villagers who are, who make up the main cast and, I just thought considering it's sort of like a sort of like semi-futuristic like political thriller slash like Western film set in Brazil, um, it, 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 it is very unique in the way that like you feel like true empathy for the characters who are going through like a very challenging and difficult situation. But I mean, if you, if you are interested, watch the trailer for it and then go and watch it. But that, that's just what I... That's just what I watched and experienced this week. And that was like not super challenging, but I mean, that's a great example of like what's challenging for me is watching a film in Portuguese, you know, like watching a film in another language, whatever it is for you, you will kind of know and you will kind of know what your interest is. If you're a painter, maybe you want to see more painting, but maybe you want to experience something else. Maybe you want to watch more film. Maybe you want to read more literature. And a little note on that too, like I don't want to, sort of say like, okay, if I'm going to read a book this week as an intentional arts experience, I don't necessarily think that that means you need to finish a book in a week if that's not possible for you. But if you're going to read it over the space of two, three, four weeks, then you would have a different experience as well as that. That would be sort of an ongoing thing. Um, but, but what I've basically done, uh, I say like a journal for this and I had an idea in my mind of like, I should turn this into a real journal, like a product that I sell. It sounds fantastic. Or maybe someone listening to that will do it. I mean, just, you know, give me like 5% of the royalties or whatever. I don't know. We'll see. But um, uh, I've, I've just been keeping a note in like my, my Notion app. I just have like every week, all right, okay, this is the, the start of the, the, this is like the date that starts the week. And then I just write like, what did I what did I watch? What did I read? What did I experience? And from there, I think if you really wanted to take it to another level, and this is where having like some kind of actual journal itself would be fantastic, um, write about those things. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, you're not writing it for anyone else. You're not writing like an essay or anything like that. I mean, if that's how it works for you, go for it. Sometimes my thoughts are best structured in some kind of like essay format but just like write what, just write a few sentences, even if that's it, like what you felt, what you took from it. And it doesn't have to be directly after. Don't feel like this whole thing is homework, like with a chore. And if you don't want to write, that's fine too. Like at the end of the day, the end of the day, this is just something that's working for me, but I think that people could seek some kind of value from. Um, And if you do like, you know, approach your arts experiences in this way, or some other similar way. I would love to hear about it. I would love to hear about your experience and your approach. But I find one of the most powerful things is when I can have an experience and then articulate a thought about it afterwards. Um, But it doesn't have to be right away. It can be 
days, weeks, months later. Maybe you rewatch it again. Maybe you reread the book again and maybe you take something from it then. But just flexing those muscles of like experiencing challenging artwork and then trying to articulate some kind of feelings about it. And hey, it, it doesn't even have to be writing. Paint about what you felt. You know, paint a, 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 a reaction, paint a, paint a reflection on it. Um, make some music about it, draw, make a film about it, whatever it needs to be. You know, that's like the point of this is like the point of experiencing great art as an artist is to expand your horizons of what art can be. And I've been watching some like challenging, like longer films, very slow takes. And it's, it's really informing like a new method of approaching filmmaking for me. And it's been, it's been enlightening to kind of like not feel like I have to fill the frame with noise and clutter to be cutting to new things all the time, to be constantly filming things just for the sake of having something to cut to, just to kind of go like, this is the scene. I'm going to let it play out. Hell, putting things on a tripod, putting a camera on a tripod and letting it film for like five minutes, just the clouds moving by. Like to me, that is just transcendent at the moment. I hope you can hear like how excited I am because it's just, it's just like, there are so many ways to approach this. It doesn't have to be the way that you experience it in the commercial world and, and the way the commercial world is bleeding into mainstream cinema and mainstream art. But like I said, like, it's not like you, you have to, you know, punish yourself. This is not a punishment. This is a, this is a, a, a challenging and rewarding over a long amount of time, like habit that you're building and it's not like you have to be some purist about like low, like you don't have to cut out low art or entertainment or content. But ideally, if you can start to attune yourself to, you know, higher forms of art, deeper forms of expression, um, you will inevitably, like I'm starting to feel, um, get to a point where you just can't, you just can't sort of like take in surface level content anymore. It just doesn't do it for you. It, 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 it it feels like a waste of your time because it is a waste of your time for, for most people. But I don't think it's something you can do cold Turkey. I'm not even saying it's something you have to do. It's just something personally for me, I realize like this is standing in the way of my goals. This is standing in the way of me, like learning how to actually make films and, and make art that I am proud of and would want to put out into the world and that I can go look at what I achieved, you know, and I don't want to have that anymore. I, I'm not interested in that anymore. Um, and so this is a way for, for me to respect myself and, and for you to respect yourself and your interest and, and your growth as an artist enough that you will put aside the time to truly engage with art in an intentional way. And I would say like, make sure you are experiencing different forms of art. If you're just a musician, don't just listen to music. Um, if you're just a painter, don't just look at painting, like see what other forms of art can do for you to inform your, um, your practice and your, and your knowledge and, and, and what you understand, like make sure you're experiencing art in like different environments as much as you can. If you can get out into the world, both alone and, and among people. I mean, a, a, another example that people might not really think about, but in a lot of bigger cities or even like medium, small to medium sized cities, like there are public artworks that you can go and experience. There is 
street art and and like I know a city I lived in Townsville like they have a street art tour where you pick up a pamphlet from like any business or any like location in the CBD and the pamphlets are there and they say hey go and walk this trail and you can look at all the amazing street art we have in the city same thing with like sculptural work you know go where the art is like cinemas galleries museums libraries concert halls theaters like I said the streets outdoors like wherever it may be and it will help you grow as an artist. It will help you expand your reference base, your communication skills. Um, I mean, I, I, I've said it before, but like I wouldn't be able to speak almost unscripted, almost. I do have some notes and script to work from for like an hour about these topics if I wasn't engaging with art in a different way. Like a big element of my previous podcast project, 7213 and any of my previous work over the last five to six years is that I wanted to create something because I had a deep yearning for it, but I felt like I had nothing to say. And that was because I did have nothing to say. I didn't have any experiences to reflect upon. I wasn't engaging with any meaningful art. I wasn't going out into the world and like doing new things. I wasn't experimenting within my own craft because of my interests. I, I just had a craft that I do and I had a sense that I needed to create, like express myself creatively. And those two things didn't line up because commercials are not an avenue for that 99% of the time. And that's been my experience, but I still had that yearning. So I would still do things, but they would, they would kind of peter out. They would kind of like lose focus or even worse, they didn't have focus at all because I didn't have a frame of reference. I didn't have like a, 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 a worldview I was creating. I didn't have like an identity that I was beginning to understand about who I am and what I like and what I believe in. Believe in enough to speak about these things at length, to articulate these thoughts. And like I said, there is a causality between my intentional arts experiences, me taking time away from like my soul-sucking quote-unquote creative job to allow myself to just let expression come to have patience and my output my creative output increasing because I I put myself intentionally in situations where it would foster creativity where it would foster thinking where it would foster my um my curiosity and my interest and now like I said I'm writing a lot more I, I I'm I'm uh filming a lot more just based on what I want to do. It, it's, it's tragic to me, but like for the last three to four years, I guess that I had um, like a full-time commercial video production job, whether it was for a company or self-employed, I didn't want to pick up my camera at all, let alone like film for like other people. But I just, I had nothing to say. I had nothing that I was interested in. And that's why I just sort of started like, randomly just taking photos of like mundane things in my life because when I would go for a walk by myself and I would see you know the sun is fading and I would see these like interesting old houses and like overgrown environments when it, where it rained so much I would go oh that's really interesting like I, I I think that's something worth capturing I think that says sort of something about the environment that I live in and I randomly just sort of started taking those photos and then started posting them to my Instagram stories. And 
out of nowhere, people started to really like it. People thought it was like, they would ask me like, how did you take this photo or how did you make it look like this? And I didn't really have an answer. It was just sort of coming from inside me because I was out in the world and just seeing things and sort of documenting them and interacting with them and sort of creating something based off that. And that was the only creative expression I had in my life. Now I say it was on Instagram um, and it was great that I did, people sort of did start to notice it because I realized, you know what, there is something here. I should explore this. So I've been exploring that in like a series of like filming at the moment. And if you're watching uh, this on YouTube or you've seen any of the promotional videos for this project, you will see exactly how those like random moments of me walking around just like, you know, getting a bit of exercise, but just like being out in the world have inspired the aesthetic of the visuals that you're looking at, like these long frames where things are just playing out and there's like very mundane things, whether it's, you know, um, closed pegs on a clothesline, whether it's uh, just clouds moving by, whether it's the lights slowly coming on, whether it's cars driving past, whether it is uh, my awesome neighbor, like drinking a beer and mowing the lawn. Like these things are so inspiring to me because I, I've taken the time to sort of like explore it and experiment it. And they've only gotten stronger since I got off Instagram. And I know this is a tangent, but they've only gotten stronger because I, when you're off Instagram, you're not thinking about like, oh, I should take this photo because people might like it. You're thinking about like, what do I like about this photo? Why am I taking it? Why am I taking so many of them? Would this work as a, as a video? Like what would it, what would it look like if there was a video? What would it mean? Again, like why am I filming this? Like why am I so attracted to this time of day where it's, where the sun is going down or where it's overcast and I'm looking at this sort of like overgrown suburban kind of decaying landscape of like rural North Queensland. Like what does that mean? And I mean, I'm not saying I have the answers, but that is like the process. And as you go through that process, you kind of realize like, okay, this might be interesting or this could create something. And I think that is the genesis for me of maybe a deeper project, maybe a longer project. I don't know what it is yet. And I'm not willing to kind of like make any predictions for it. I'm just going to keep, you know, making that imagery and see where it leads me because that is the, the creative process, you know, like as David Lynch would say, like there's not necessarily like an explanation and this is not a direct quote, but like synthesizing from him, like there is not necessarily an explanation for these things. It's just like, this is what I'm feeling in the air. This is what I'm feeling, you know, in the earth, like this is what I'm feeling. And he, that's talking about some kind of like spiritual artistic practice and for me, that's just like what it looks like, you know, but for you, it will look or sound or feel or, or, um, you know, kind of like the, like the experience will be whatever you feel like it sh- should be. But I think that by, um, you know, like I said, by, by putting yourself in a place where you're not just consuming this content all the time, um, you're going to develop a vision for yourself of like what your art can be or what art in general can be. So then you will kind of realize, okay, like this is what's possible. Um, As I said, at the top of the, of the episode, 
if all you're doing is consuming that kind of content, that's all you will make because that will be your worldview. You think like this is how um, this is how artwork looks or this is how creative expression looks within this platform. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do something darker. I'm not going to do something more challenging. I'm not going to take photos of, um, you know, naked women's bodies. I'm not going to do something that maybe is like, I don't want to say offensive. Like I, I don't think like offensiveness for offensiveness sake is like valuable, but something that's like pushing a boundary, which is also a part of like being an artist is like going against the status quo. How like amazing of an artist can you be if all you're doing is like coloring within the lines, you know, painting within the boundaries. Um, your ceiling will be, will be just like this lowest common denominator content. And then, you know, once you've started to build up some more of these experiences, once you're flowing with these possibilities, you can channel that into your art and you will start to see consciously or subconsciously how these things are, you know, being um, reflected in the art that you're making. So, and in that instance, like as you're sort of moving through the process of like, okay, I've been experiencing these and I've been having these intentional arts experiences and I'm reflecting on them. Um, don't, I would say don't focus on like what the final product is. And that's, that's been something that's changed for me, not being on, you know, social media all the time is you're not worrying about like, okay, I just need to get a final product out for the sake of having a product, but rather I'm just like reflecting on things, sketching, experimenting, like, like that, that's where I'm at with like, again, like the visuals you're seeing on the screen, none of them sort of were coming from this idea. Like I knew that I wanted to add some visuals to the YouTube like versions of the podcast because I didn't just want people to look at me talking because I think having an audio experience by itself is like incredibly powerful. And I think it's actually maybe better than just looking at someone talking to you all the time. Like it can be really useful to just hear the words and allow yourself to be forming them with other visual stimuli. But I wanted to have something interesting for people to look at and to let them feel like time is going by. And it's almost like a, it's, it's dark and it's moody, but it's comforting in a way because it feels like, it feels like time and it feels like home, you know? So these are just some of my examples of that. And it, it might sound banal, but like my arts experiences, like I said, um, these things have led me to also write a lot lately and uniquely this podcast episode compared to the previous ones. Usually I have a series of dot points and usually I'm kind of bouncing between them. This one was like from, from the moment I started talking about the topic, this one was like almost start to finish like an actual script. Like I almost hand wrote an entire script for this and I've never done that before. And I think like that for me is also a change that for me is like, I'm, I'm transcending beyond what I thought is capable. I'm not just like asking some questions of someone I've gone beyond that. I'm not just writing dot points of ideas and then kind of riffing between it is like, I'm able to articulate my thoughts by writing them out. And, and, you know, I don't want to put the pressure on myself to say like that will happen every time or that's how it should be. It's just how it happened in this instance. And I'm excited about that. You know, that there's a whole wild world of experiences out there beyond YouTube and Instagram and Pinterest and like don't forget about them because otherwise I feel like your work will just be stale and, and reductive and completely derivative of what you're looking at. 
Like that idea that that idea that art is about copying, you know, the good artists copy, great artists steal. Um, that that has that has merit because what it's basically saying is, you know, you can't sort of do th- you can't do something in a vacuum. All art, all expression, all existence is based off some kind of reflection or reaction on what came before. And maybe if you're, you know, you're not like, I don't know, if you're an artist who doesn't have like a long background in art, your art will start to take on the characteristics of the, sorry, I don't mean a long background, but just like some kind of like interest and investment in art itself. Your work will take on the characteristics of what's in the environment around you. And if your environment environment is just commercials, if it's just people making content for the sake of making content, if it's just everyone reacting to what's happening in the news all the time, then how much value does that art really have? Like how much value does your art have if it can, if it's like on the vine for a day and then withers and dies? Like uh, you see this in, and we have seen this and, and I don't know if the trend will change, but I mean, just engaging with like, the, the sort of like mainstream media as it were, the way like mainstream culture and mainstream media has just created like just endless amounts of shit art reacting to, you know, Donald Trump is just like, how bad is that art going to be even now? Even now after his tenure as president, it's like those four fucking five, six years, probably even before him, like all of that stuff is just lost to time because it's like, we can't go back and glean anything from it. What is the point in going and watching a biopic, sorry, biopic about Donald Trump when he's not even the fucking president anymore? He's not like, how great is your, is your artwork about this person, about this moment in time that you made at this moment in time when it's completely irrelevant. And I, I get it. Like I get that not all art is forever. Not all art is like, future proofed but don't you think that when you look at like art that whether it's you know the classic paintings of of like the 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 masters whether it's like more recently um you know cinematic cinema films that came out in like the last 120 years like don't you think that these things stick around for a reason because they had something to say just beyond the times like they they spoke to some kind of like almost universality, even if it's not a universal story, even if it's not a topic that everyone can relate to, but they were relatable to people enough to stick around. Like, why do we, why do we still watch Blade Runner? Because it said something about that time, but it also says something about our time. Whereas I don't think Donald Trump as just like a, a sort of like surface level topic and figure is something that's worth your time and investing in, you know what I mean? So, um, and that's not even to, to come to it from like a political point. It's just like the idea that like, this is like the state of art and the state of creativity is just like, God, have some fucking imagination people, you know, don't just sit on Twitter and like and, and react to everything. And this is as much as a comment to myself as it is to other people. And I'm sure the people listening to it, to this, uh, you wonderful people out there. I don't think you are the kinds of people who necessarily are making that kind of art, but I'm just like pointing at that in general to just say like, you know, why would we ever watch a film that came out about these years? Why would we ever do that? 
because the moment's gone now and everyone invested so much like psychic energy into this person to make every single work of art as like a point of resistance against this guy that, you know, for better or worse, like if he was such an evil dictator, how did they vote him out of office? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, have some fucking perspective, get out of like, I guess you'd call it the bubble. Like just get out of the fucking bubble and your work will, will, uh, will flourish and you will flourish as a creative, you know, be like intentional about those experiences. Don't just like fucking read the news all the time and react to that misery. Don't just be like, don't just be letting your mindset, um, be sort of dictated for you. And isn't that ironic that I'm telling you, don't let your mindset be dictated for you. And if you listen to that, you'll be in theory listening to me tell you what to do. But I mean, again, I'm just speaking from personal experience and, it's good. It's a good thing when you, when you interact with other people and other ideas and especially through actual art. I mean, because like, like I said, like my worldview was shaped by some of these podcasts that like, and and some of these online creators, YouTubers, whatever, who, um, who have given me so much in terms of like knowledge and understanding of the world. But now I'm at a point where I'm kind of like, graduating from them like I'm leaving them behind and isn't it like the same thing for school and like university like you have your time there you learn your lessons and then you go out and apply them into the real world you learn and then you apply the practice and I guess that's anything like I'm putting forward a thesis and then I would I would hope that people will take that on board and either uh you know utilize and then reflect or just utilize and then reject. So, you know, like kind of creating an antithesis of that. And then your, your process going forward will be a synthesis of those things. Um, and I'm not saying you have to listen to me. I'm just saying like, that's, that's the point of art. That's the point of like cultural culture, cultural experiences in general. Um, it's not to just hear something and go, yes, that is exactly how I should feel. Yes. We should only make art about these topics, you know, and if you want to make art about important topics like current, whether it's current things, whether it's sort of, you know, feminist issues, whether it's um, racial issues, things like that, I would say go for it. You know, if that's what you feel inside you, but if that's not what you feel inside you, you just feel like that's what you should be commenting on. That's what you should be creating art about, but you don't have any experience with that. You don't have like a, a anything to say about it. Like, I wouldn't go down that pathway, you know, and you know, within yourself, like I always say, you always know, it's just a case of like articulating it. (sighs) Okay. Beautiful people. Um, Marilyn Manson, classic song. Uh, Beautiful people. Uh, I'm going to leave it there. Um, I hope that was a useful episode for you. I think my energy was quite high. Um, so yeah, see if you can uh, glean some things from that. But if you if you didn't sort of like take any notes on it or you didn't sort of take anything from it, just go back and listen to that part about like the intentional art journal that I, you know, sort of outlined the 52-week um, sort of like process of it having one meaningful arts experience every week. And yeah, just like reflecting on that and how that can expand your craft even further. Um, 
Thank you very much for listening. I will talk to you again very soon. I hope you all have a great week and a great weekend and, you know, go and experience some meaningful art and tell me all about it. I'd love to hear about it. All right. Peace out. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Mirror. The Mirror seeks to provoke questions around the way we create and experience art. And it's my sincere hope that in some way it helps you in your own creative practice and perhaps your life beyond. If this project reaches you in some way, helps you reflect or reframe, or indeed provokes any kind of feelings within you, I'd love to hear from you about it via the contact form on my website. I really appreciate your engagement with The Mirror. You can support me and the work that I do by becoming a sustaining member for as little as $40 a year by signing up at justinreed.com.au slash support. You will help me continue to create exceptional work, feel great about directly funding compelling art, and you'll also receive a bunch of great benefits, including access to exclusive films, artworks, and behind-the-scenes material on my membership platform that you can't experience anywhere else, discounts on my online store, and higher-tier subscribers even get free access to all of my premium films before anyone else. So become a sustaining member and sign up at justinreed.com.au slash support. You can also support the show by subscribing to my YouTube channel and listening to full episodes of The Mirror there, complete with meditative, original visuals created just for this project. Our fantastic music is written, produced, and performed by Annalisa Vetrunio, with drums contributed by Giacomo Greco. All of these details and links are included in the episode description. And until next time, I hope you're out there creating great work on your terms. I'm Justin Reed, and you have been listening to The Mirror.